This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. All right, well, welcome to part five. In our final part of our series that we've been in, we're calling What's Next? How many of you know that in, in life you always have a next step? And, and I was thinking about this this morning that we were told, we're told in scriptures that we are to follow in the steps of our father Abraham, right? And so uh, a lot of times we think about we've got to take these big leaps and these, these bounds and to get to where we're going. But really life is just a series of, of steps we take, decisions we make, right? And if we, if, we take the, if we make the right decisions and we take the right steps, it will lead us in a very predictable path or to a very predictable end. Is that right? And the Word of God says this, and I'm going to read the Scripture, and then we're going to pray in Proverbs 29 18. Y'all believe God with me. My my voice is being challenged, and and I'm sitting there during praise and worship, and I'm saying, don't sing, mouth the words, but don't sing. Don't sing out loud. And I caught myself, I'm like singing as loud as I can. And and so, but it's... We're going to make it through. Two serves, right? In Proverbs 20, 19, it says this. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. How many of you like to do that? Anybody ever done that in your house at midnight? We, we're in the process of rearranging, uh, well, redoing some floors in our house. And so we've got, we, we have furniture where it, it's not supposed to be. And, and so we, our bed is not where it's supposed to be. And, and dressers are... And, are and couches are not where they're supposed to be. And so if you walk through the house at night, and I've done it a couple of times, you're going to stumble over something. You're going to run into something. But when you're walking in the light, right? If you're walking in the light, if you can see, you, I mean, you can go to right where you're going without harm. So he says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, what, what happens? If, if they attend to what he reveals, what happens? They're most blessed. I've never met anybody who doesn't want to be blessed. I've asked people, I ask people often, do you want to be cursed? No hands go up. Do you want to be blessed? All the hands go up. Here, let's do it right now. How many of you want to be cursed in life? Let's see your hand. See there? How many of you want to be blessed in life? You've got to do more than raise your hand. You've got to, I mean, you've got, you've got to have some noise behind that. Yeah. <clears throat> so you're not going to be blessed in life just raising your hand. Right? You're <laughs> You're going to be blessed in life when you attend to what he says, what he reveals, right? And if we're attending to what he says and what he reveals, it's going to bring, bring some joy in our life and excitement in our life and anticipation in our life. And so that's what we want to do. So in this series, uh, we're, we're talking about, you know, what's next? What's next? Because, and, and I think a lot of times people, they, they're just making up what's next. You know, what feels good to me, uh, what I think. And lean into our own understanding. How many of us were told not to do that? In Proverbs, we're not to lean to our, to our own understanding. But in all of our ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct our path. And so the word of God, or, or God's will, is, I mean, we, we find it clearly in his word. Now I realize that we all have, there's a specific will of God for each of us. But a lot of times we're, we pursue the specific will of God and we are not paying attention to what's already been revealed. And if you don't pay attention to what's already been revealed and you just seek the specifics of God's will, you'll get off. You, you'll just get off path, get off track. And so it's important that we pay attention to what he has already revealed to us in 
his word. And so God has clearly revealed some things in his word to us. I mean, all the way beginning from Exodus, all the way through the New Testament, through the letters of Paul, he's revealed the same thing over and over again. And so he revealed this, that he wants lost people saved. How many of you know it's not God's will that any perish, but that all, uh, that all save, uh, be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth? That's his will for every single person. And so we know this, that, that, that he wants the lost to be saved. We, we say it sometimes like this, that he wants us to know him. So we say, know God, right? And so in order, and it's not just enough for us to know God. God wants others to know him. And then he puts the responsibility in our hand that others get to know him. So we have to go, right? We, we got to go and tell them. We got to go and bring them. We got to go and do something, but know God. He wants us to know him. Uh, secondly, he wants saved people to be pastored. He wants saved people to be pastored. You know, you don't have to, be a, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian, but you, you certainly have to go to church to be a successful Christian. Right? He's never, he's never called any single person to do life by themselves and be a, a Christian by themselves. He wants to connect everybody to a body of believers. Right? And so he, he uh, saved people need to be pastored. And pastoring, hey, when, 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 I first, when I first got saved, went to Bible school, came out of Bible school, thinking I know everything in the world about everything in the world and, and th thought I know everything about ministry. I thought pastoring means, oh, man, I get to preach. And I do get to preach. And that's the fun part, and that's about 10% of the part. The rest of it is correction, instruction, rebuking. <laughs> that's not the fun part. That's not the fun part, but that's part of it. And, and so all these words, they can be, you know, carried away and everything. But, you know, to be corrected, I mean, Proverbs tells us over and over again, if we refuse correction, we're fools. And so at times we need people in our life, and I don't pastor this church by myself. We have a lead team, and, and then we have small group leaders that help me pastor this church. And when you come into these relationships and these small group relationships and community, and you've got people there that, that eventually they know your business. And it's easy to know people's business these days. They just unashamedly just put it on Facebook. I mean, you know everybody's business these days. I don't even have to search for, for sermon topics. I just read Facebook. That's what I'll preach on. I'm going to preach on that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But, you know, he, he, wants, he wants his people to be pastored, and he wants his pastored people to be trained, right? As a matter of fact, the ministry gifts are given for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So he wants pastored people to be trained, and then he wants trained people to be mobilized for ministry. So we've talked about a number of these. We talked about the fact that we need to know God. We talked about the fact that we need, uh, you know, greater degrees of freedom in our life. And that all just comes through growth. Uh, growing people change. Growing people get freer and freer. And so we need to be growing it. And there's, there's certain things that will help us grow in our relationship with God. Number one, we need practical teaching, right? We need, we need to hear the word of God in a practical manner. Not philosophy, not high, you know, high philosophy and, and real, real deep stuff that has no handles on it that you can do any of it. We need practical teaching. We need private disciplines in our life. You're not going to grow as a believer if you don't read the word of God, if you don't pray, 
you're not going to grow. We need, uh, we also need in our life, we need, we need to be doing personal ministry in our life. God's gifted each of them. We talked about this uh, the week before last, that we need to discover our purpose. And we have a whole track that you can go to called Starting Point, where you can discover your purpose. It happens today at 1045. Right out here in this room, it's got the glass wall on it. We call it our starting point room. You can go in there. We'll help you discover what your purpose is, how God has wired you, your personality, right? And, and that brings us to this last, this last big step, and that's all of that, knowing God, being freer, discovering your purpose is so that you can make a difference in this world, so that you can make a difference in someone else's life. Now, th there's, there's one need that we all have. We, we, everybody has this need. You were born with it. And that was the need for significance. You want your life to matter. You want your life to matter. You don't want to, uh, it's, it's in each of us that we want our life to matter, that we want to do something meaningful, eternal, not just something that's trivial, but we want to do something meaningful with our life. It's, it's called significance. Amen. It's called significant, and God put that in us, and you'll never be satisfied in life until you're doing something that you know is making a significance difference. Now, when I'm talking about significance, I'm not talking about something that's huge and large and worldwide. I'm just talking about something meaningful, something meaningful, that you're doing something that matters, not just temporarily, but something that matters for eternity, right? And so... Uh, we all want to make a difference. Who in here doesn't care about making a difference? Let me see your hand. You say, I, I don't care about making a difference. How many of you want to make a difference? You want your life to matter. You want to leave a legacy. You want, you want your life to, I mean, after you're dead and gone, you want somebody to say something about you that, oh, man, you know, they really made an impact in my life. They, I remember when they did this for me. I remember when they encouraged me like this. We want our life to matter. We want it to matter. And here's the good news. God wants your life to matter. He wants your life to matter a great deal. And he wants it to matter so much that he gifted you. He, he, he wants it to matter so much that he saved you, called you one of his own, brought you into his kingdom, fill you and empower you with his spirit so that you can do something that will make a difference in someone else's life. <clears throat> so I think sometimes... We, we think that if, in order to make a difference, we've got to do something big. We've got to do something global. We've got to do something so big, and it's got to be headline news. I mean, it's, just, it's got to get the attention of everyone. It's just got to be big, or if, if it doesn't do that, it's, I, I guess it's like this. We think that it has to be an Instagram moment. You know what I mean by that? Now, y'all know this, that everybody just puts their good stuff on social media, right? It's pretty fake, right? <clears throat> they, they take pictures of their family. Everybody's smiling and having a great time, and it's all wonderful, and it leaves the impression there ain't... Man, they just got it. Never any problems. Never any setbacks. I mean, just look at that family. Their hair is perfect. 
Their teeth are white. Right? I mean, every, they're all smiling. They're all having a great time. They got the dog with them. I bet they never argue. I bet there's never a harsh word said. I, I, bet, the, I, bet, I bet it's just perfect. How many of you know it's not perfect? You know, this is what I found out. People are people. People are just like me and people are just like you. Right? And so we think that this making a difference has got to be, it's, it's got to be this perfection. It's got to be big, but it doesn't have to be that way at all. It doesn't, ha it doesn't have to be that way at all. As a matter of fact, all great things start with small things. All great things start with small things. All of them. All great things, maybe it starts with an idea. And that idea is just something that's on the inside of you, and then you begin to act on that idea and and then the idea begins to grow, and then you put it into practice, or you, 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 you bring it out, and you tell somebody else, and, and it begins to turn into something. But it all starts small, right? Every, every bit of it starts small. So I want to talk to you about making a difference. And, and of course, tomorrow we're, you know, it's Memorial Day, and we're uh, memorializing those who laid down their life for this country so that we could enjoy freedoms. I think what those people did is pretty monumental, right? I mean, you and I hadn't laid down our life yet. Some of you might think, if you're a parent, you might think that you've laid down your life, but not like that, right? And uh, so, I, I was. anybody ever seen the, the movie uh, Hacksaw Ridge? Anybody? Tammy and I went to see that movie. She didn't even watch it. I mean, she, I mean, it was pretty bloody, and, you know, it was pretty violent, but... Hacksaw Ridge, and it's about this uh, private first class. His name was Desmond Doss. And because of his religious stance, he refused to take up arms. He refused to carry a weapon into battle. And you don't, you don't need to make fun of the guy or anything. And, and really, you know, he was mocked by his fellow soldiers until the end of his life and until the end of what he did and so he would go into battle with no gun I, I mean no weapons and he would just begin to rescue soldiers who had fallen behind in enemy lines and he would just one at a time and just in the movie he's just so worn out and and let me just say this he received a congressional medal of honor for his bravery for his compassion for his selflessness and, and it was always just, I just need to go get one more. There, there's one more up there. I, I got to go get one more. And so I know that's big. I mean, just running into, you know, enemy fire and, and, and rescuing people and putting your life on the line. I know that's big. You and I don't have to face that every day unless you're a, a police officer or, you know, a first responder. You may have to face that. But this guy, he read, ran behind enemy lines. But for you and I, how can our life, I mean, just to even try to compare our life with a life like that where somebody actually laid it down, well, that's kind of hard to do. You know, Jesus laid down his life. Well, it's kind of hard to compare our life with his. But he did tell us how to make a difference. And, and here's the thought I want us to just kind of get in our heart today, and we're going to look at some scripture. I think if we just had in our mind, if we could do for one what we would like to do for everyone. If we could do for one what we would like to do for everyone, our life can make a difference. 
I mean, things could really, if, if we could just do for one person what we would like to do for every person, our life would make a difference. You know, some people say, well, I would, I, if, I, if, I had a, if I had a million dollars, I could do so much good in this world. If I had a million dollars, I could, I could feed the homeless. I could, I could feed the poor if I, if I just had a million dollars. But if you could just do for one what you wish you could do for everyone, you would make a difference. You know that we don't think, we don't think one is significant, do we? I mean, we think about one. We don't think one is significant unless it's one we know. Unless it's one who's close to us. I, sometimes, I don't think one is significant, but if it was my one, if it was one of my children, if it was someone I knew, now one matters. Did you know that one mattered to Jesus? Now, <clears throat> I know Jesus is the Son of God, but he was limited by the earthly body that he lived in. Did you know that? He could not be everywhere at once while he was confined to his earthly body. And although he, I mean, multitudes were healed, I mean, people were healed of all kind of sickness and all kind of diseases. How many of you know he couldn't get to everybody? But he never, but he didn't say, man, I, because I can't get to everybody, I'm not going to get to anybody. No, Jesus would take time out for one person. Now, I want you to look at a, a couple of these in Mark, the fifth chapter. Mark, the fifth chapter and verse 21. It says, now when Jesus had crossed over again by the boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him and he was by the sea and behold one of the rulers of the synagogue came his name was Jairus and when he saw him he fell at his feet and he begged him earnestly saying my little daughter lies at the point of death come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live so Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. I want you to notice that one girl, one person that Jesus had to go out of his way. And man, they didn't, you know, they weren't riding motorcycles those days. They weren't in cars. Didn't even say that Jesus had a donkey on this occasion. I mean, they're walking. Did y'all hear that? It's called puberty. <clears throat> they're walking everywhere they go and so Jesus is he's he's got to go on a road trip for one for one person here's something that's fascinating if we'll concern ourselves with the one if, if we will be if we will if we will concern ourselves and 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 not think of the one as small God will give us more opportunities on the way to ministering to the one. And so J. Iris' daughter, she's, she's at home, she's sick, she's near death. J. Iris calls for Jesus. Jesus. He said, come lay your hands on her and heal her, and I, I know she'll live. So Jesus, okay, one is important to me. 
So I'll go reach this one. I'm talking about how to make a difference. Because sometimes I think we have to have this big setup to make a difference. We've got to have this big platform to make a difference. We've got to, you know, we've we got to have a lot of money to make a difference. We've got to have a camera to make a difference. We've got to have something else that we don't have to make a difference. And so we make all the excuses of why we can't make a difference. And Jesus, he went to the one, but as he was on his way to the one, y'all know what happened? You know what happened on, on the way to the one? There was another one. And, and every time we're on our way to the one, there'll always be another one. And so, y'all know the story of the woman with the issue of blood, and as Jesus was traveling to go minister to a little girl who was at the point of death. The crowd was around him and surrounding him, and, and this woman. Said she had an issue of blood, 12 years. She had suffered many things, many physicians. Spent all that she had, was nothing better, just steadily getting worse. She came in the press behind, she touched his garment, she said, if I could touch his clothes, I'll be healed. And right away, it says the, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed. So on the way to ministering to the one, there was another one. And, and, and here's, here's the point. If we'll get focused on the one, who is the one that I could, it, it, look, I'm not, you know, one of our values is make a difference. But that's not just limited to Sunday services. That's not just about Sunday morning. That's not just about Wednesday night. It's about life. You and I are the church, whether we're in this building or we're not in this building. We're the church, whether we're here or someone, somewhere else, we're the church. And church doesn't stop because we walk out these doors. Really, church begins when we walk out the doors. We're, we're his hands, we're his feet, we're his voice. Amen. So Jesus, on the way to ministering to the one, there was another one. And then how many of you know there's, there's accounts where multitudes came and they were healed but it was always as he was on his way to minister to someone now how many of you run into somebody every day you have an encounters with one every day you have an encounters with one every day and so it's not like there it's not like that we're limited in our potential to make a difference why because there's always one and then we we can make excuses well i don't i don't have enough money i don't have enough time i don't have enough opportunity i don't have i don't have this and so it's about what we don't have but how many of you know we do have something yeah. in acts chapter 3 you remember this this encounter that Peter and John were going into the temple at the hour of prayer. Y'all remember that? It was the third hour. And, and as they were walking in, there was a, a man who was laid at the gate called Beautiful, and he was asking for alms of people. He said he had never had walked. So he's asking alms for people who were coming into the temple. And seeing Peter and John coming in, he was asking them. And Peter said, we don't have any silver or gold. We don't have any money. 
See, that's what he is asking for. We don't have money, but we do have something. And so Peter said, such as I have, I give to you. You may not have a million dollars, but do you have five? You, you may not have a million dollars, but do you have a hundred? Such as I have, I give to you. Such as I have. In 2 Corinthians, it says this. When it comes to, to giving, Paul said this. It's, it's not according to what you don't have, but it's, accept, it's, it's accepted according to what you do have. How many of you have something? So, well, I don't even have $5. I'm not, I'm not even talking about money. I mean, can you encourage someone? Did you know that mental, mental disease, um, emotional disease, mental disorders, depression, all of these things, I'm, I mean, they are at an all-time high. I mean, people just suffering from depression and discouragement and hopelessness. I mean, at an all-time high. Did you know that just one word of encouragement can turn the lights on in someone's life? I mean, just, I mean, people, they feel like they're just, they're, they're broke down, they're wore out, and just one word, hey, you look great today. Or you're loved. Or you matter. Or, I, you know, I know it seems like it's hard right now, but you're going to make it. You know, just anything like that makes a difference in people's lives. And we're called to make a difference wherever we are and whatever we have. And so we're all going to stand and give an account whether we had a million dollars or a hundred dollars. We're going to give an account for what we have. Encouragement is free. Doesn't cost you anything. Doesn't cost you anything to encourage somebody. Doesn't cost you anything to be kind to somebody. Anybody in, ever, in here ever have road rage before? <coughs> Tell the truth. Does, does anybody here have chronic road rage? Don't raise your hand. We don't want, I don't want to know. You have chronic road rage? Well, if you have chronic road rage, you might have a little rage in other areas of your life, too. And just so you know, I can't see anything, so don't worry about it. I don't, I don't see any hands that are going up. Uh, Anybody ever got run over in the grocery store by somebody who is more important than you or thought they were? Anybody? And so let me just give you a little bit of insight. You're not the only person on the earth. There, other people have a life. And other people have important things to get to. I'm just talking right now. I'm not preaching because I forgot what I was going to say. And so I'm just talking. <laughs> I'm making up stories as I go. I'm just kidding. But 
but a lot of, I mean, people, I mean, I've done it, I mean, I've done it in church. I'll walk right past somebody and don't even speak to them. Man, I've got my mind on something else. I'm going somewhere else. I'll just walk right past them like they don't exist. How many of you, that's not good? I mean, it's going to happen, but it's not good. And so in the grocery store, you're not the most important person in the grocery store. I can tell you you're not. There's other people, they got to get food for their kids too. And you're not the most important person on the highway. Other people are heading to the same place you're headed. And I know they drive like idiots. <laughs> this is the point I'm making. People, we, we never know what people are going through. A lot of times people, they, they act a certain way because they're hurting on the inside. Hurt people hurt people. Right? I mean, they, it, they just do. People are hurt. They'll, they'll, they'll lash out and hurt other people. And so you and I can be the difference maker. How? Don't, don't react to it. Don't jump. I mean, when somebody does you like, don't react to it. Be kind. Be kind to them. Man, it'll put them back on their heels. They'll be off balance and I mean, they can cuss you out. Tammy and I, this has been years ago, thank, thankfully. We had about 30 people in the church, and this is probably the reason we only had 30 people in the church. We were, we were driving through Byram, and this, I think I probably pulled out in front of someone or wasn't paying attention, and, and this lady, she was giving me the thumbs up, and she was giving me other fingers, and, and uh, man, she was, she was mouthing something at me. And I, I just went. <clears throat> Tammy slapped me. Chuck, Chuck Ford, you're a pastor in this community. That person may go to our church. I said, no, I know all 30 of them. That, that ain't, that's not one of them. <clears throat> I know all 30. She's not one. How many of you know, you, you, can, you can control that. You and I can control our reaction to people. And if we really want to make a difference in the one, be kind to everyone. Just, I mean, just be a nice person. Just be a nice person. Don't, ooh, almost said something I'd regret saying just now. Don't, don't walk around like you're ticked off at everybody. They got a word for that. I'm not. I mean, turn your frown upside down. Act like you like people. You say, well, I don't like people. Well, act like you do. I mean, that, that's kind of like faith. I mean, even if you don't, if you act like you do, maybe one day you will. And if you want people to like you, guess what? You've got to be likable. And walking around with that, that resting frown on your face. <laughs> They're clearing their throats over there. I'm making this side of the room nervous. I'm not going to say it. Amen. Everybody say, make a difference. 
So, so Paul said it's not according to what you don't have. We, we, we possess, if you're saved, you possess so much. You possess so much if you're saved. And it's not according to what we don't have. We have plenty to make a difference. We have plenty to make a difference. Even if you think you have nothing, you have plenty to make a difference. I received the most amazing compliment this morning. And it wasn't a compliment towards me. It was a compliment towards our, our greeting team and our, our waivers out on the road, which we get often. But this person, I, I think it's their first time here. They said, I just want to tell you, you have the most welcoming, I think she said kind church. I mean, she, she said, they, man, they were just, I, I felt so welcome, and I drove up, and they were waving, and they were smiling, and they were friendly. How many of you know that is free? That, that is just free. That doesn't cost anything. Yeah, but they're the greeter. They got the greeter personality. They got a greeter personality. They got, they got a waiver personality. Look, <clears throat> anybody can be kind. You just got to renew your mind. You know, the world's not after you. Well, the world might be, but, but God's not after you. Everybody's not after you. Everybody's not against you. There's more people for you than against you. I mean, just be happy and helpful to somebody else. Amen. Aren't you glad that when we were walking around with that frown and we were, we were broken and we were destitute that Jesus made one move to solve it all. He went to the cross, stretched out his arms, shed his blood, right, for the forgiveness of sins, but not just the forgiveness of sins, but to reconcile us to God. Didn't he make a difference in our life? And then he calls us to make a difference in others. Amen. So this is the thought I want to leave with you. This thought I want to leave with you. This week, I mean, just try it for one week. Just try this for one week. If it doesn't, if it doesn't, if it doesn't help you, don't do it anymore. But try this for one week. Just do for one what you would like to do for everyone. And I don't know what that looks like, but just do it. At your office, at work, do for one what you would like to do for everyone. Buy somebody lunch. Encourage somebody. I mean, do something for somebody. And not only will it make a difference in their life, it'll make a difference in your life. It'll bring joy in your life because there, there's no way that you can serve others. There's no way that you can serve others and truly love others and not be full of joy. Actually, Jesus said it. He said, love one another that your joy may be full. Yeah. And whenever we're given out, whenever we're, our life is just set to encourage someone else, make a difference in someone else, it's going to bring joy to us. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Look, before we leave today, I, I want to make sure that everyone in here is a, in a right relationship with God. And I don't want to assume that you are just because you came to church. I mean, I know down here in the South, I mean, people come to church. That's what, 
they were raised to do, just come to church on Sunday. But just going to church doesn't mean that you're saved. Just going to church doesn't mean that you're going to go to heaven. Right? I mean, no, I mean, not any more than standing in your garage is going to make you a Cadillac. It, it just doesn't work that way. So I just want to make sure. So let me just ask you a question. If you were to, if you were to die today, and you went, I mean, you appeared before God, would, would, and he asked, why should I let you into my heaven? What would your answer be? Some folks would say, well, I tried my hardest. I did my best. Well, trying your hardest and doing your best is all fine, but it won't get you into heaven. Well, I would just tell God, hey, I believed in you. And that's great, but nowhere in this book does it say if you just believe in him, you're going to go to heaven. The demons believe in him. James says but they're not going to heaven you say well Pastor Chuck I, I really think that I would go to heaven because you know I, I, I just try to help people out and that's awesome that's what we've talked about this morning but your good works won't get you there we've all sinned and we've fallen short of God's standard and our sins separated us from God, and no amount of good works can reconcile us to God. That's why he sent Jesus, and Jesus hung on that cross, right? And he shed his blood. He spilled his blood for our sins and to reconcile us to God. And so the only way to heaven, Jesus said, the only way is to be born again. To be born again just simply means you give your whole heart and your whole life to him. He's not going to take it from you. You've got to give it to him. So this is what I want to do. I want to pray for you. and I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I'm not going to ask you to stand but right there in your seat. I'm going to just ask you to lift your hand. We're going to pray for you. So who should lift their hand today? Anyone who would say, you know what, if I died today, I don't know if I'd go to heaven. You should lift your hand. Anyone here to say, uh, you, you need to lift your hand if, if you say, you know, I've never been born again. I, need, I want to be born again. If you've never been born again, you need to lift your hand. Who else should lift their hand? Anyone who says, you know what, I, I, I don't know that I've, I believe in God, but I've never given Jesus my whole heart and my whole life. You should raise your hand. So here we go. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to count to three. When I do, that's you. Just lift your hand. Here we go. One, two, three. Right now. Anyone in here? Thank you. I see your hand. In the back, thank you, I see your hand. Thank you, I see your hand. Good job, good job. Anyone else? Thank you, I see your hand. Good job. All right. Hey, let's all pray this prayer out loud to get together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for what Jesus did for me. I thank you that he went to the cross. I thank you that through the cross I'm saved. I thank you for new life right now. Jesus, I commit my life to you. I confess you as Lord. And I thank you for changing me right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, let's give these a big hand, all right?